Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2,329. Do you have some questions about electric vehicles, how you're going to keep them charged? Well, today we're going to provide you with all the answers. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in New York City with a very special guest. I guess of the future a little bit, I could say, because of what we're going to be talking about, by the name of Peter Barba. Peter, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I am ready. I don't know if EVs have clutches, but uh, I'm ready to go. So let's do it. You know, uh, you beat me to the punchline there because we're going to be talking about uh, EVs uh, very much today. And you're right. They don't have clutches. There's no need for them. It's power on, power off. So uh, I think I'm going to have to rechange my intro here for all the EV guests that I seem to be having over the, the last few years. What's one little thing you might share with us before we begin that most people don't know about you, Peter? Yeah, definitely. So I actually spent three months in Oslo, Norway, studying the electric vehicle charging market back in 2021, the world's leading EV market by share of new cars sold. And that's actually where I met my co-founder, Ziggy, and how our company, Electrium, was born. Yeah, it was awesome spending time in, in Oslo and you know learning about best practices there and getting ready to help America transition to the electric vehicle adoption. Now, that's a very interesting name, Ziggy. Begs me to think of, and this will date me a little bit, Ziggy Stardust, I think. <laughs> he probably hears a lot of the, of those jokes, I would guess. But Ziggy, where's Ziggy from? Yeah, so Ziggy, uh, his, his, his you know full name is Zygamantis uh, Zabieta. He's oh, okay. Lithuanian. Thus the Z- okay, so, um, <laughs> a little easier to say, right? Yeah, but you know, Ziggy and I, we met in Oslo at, at a program called Antler Global, which is an accelerator program to start a company. It's similar to like Y Combinator, but it's more popular in Europe and in Asia. And, you know, Ziggy and I both went to Oslo for our own reasons, both wanting to start a company in the mobility space. And, you know, we met there and and really vibed and got along. It it was a 10-week program. And after the fifth week, Ziggy and I realized that our working styles were very compatible. Nice. And we sat down together and agreed that we wanted to start a company in the electric vehicle space. Ziggy, you know, lives in Lithuania. I live in the United States and we were discussing, you know, what type of company we wanted to start and what market we wanted to focus on. And we agreed that the United States market was really attractive, just given how it was behind Europe in many ways and just how big the market is. Yeah. And now we've been working together for two years. Ziggy is building our tech team and our product team in Lithuania, where we develop software and do some marketing. And I'm building the you know sales and go to market team and partnerships team here in the U.S. Oh, this is so cool. I found out something interesting last week about Lithuania. I was talking to a company that tracks and puts people together with podcasts as guests and hosts. And he was looking at some of my stats, and I didn't know this. He said, did you know that you're the 14th ranked podcast, 14th most listened to podcast in Lithuania? And I went, what? Oh, wow. <laughs> really? I had no idea. Who'd have thought, right? So um, yeah, a little uh, history and information on Lithuania, and perhaps there's a lot of car people there. 
Let's get this into the top 10. That's, yeah. That be okay. Goal. Well, after you being a star on the show, we'll get there. I have no doubt. Let me give you a proper introduction here, Peter. Peter Barber is the CEO and co-founder of Electrium, an electric vehicle technology company with a mission to make every person and their home EV ready by 2040. Probably a lot sooner, I have a feeling. Peter was born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio, and attended Columbia University in New York City to study economics. And while at university, he played Division I Ivy League basketball. This is interesting. My guest yesterday is a big fan of basketball and played basketball. After graduating, he worked in New York City in investment banking for several years. He left his job and moved to Oslo, Norway, as he mentioned, in 2021 to study in the world's best EV marketplace. And he attended the Antler Global Accelerator, where he met his co-founder buddy, Ziggy, of course, and they started Electrium. Today, he is back in New York City and running the company with a goal to make every home EV ready with level two chargers. Uh, Their go-to market is through dealerships. So we're going to learn a lot more about this and how all of us who are curious about how we're going to keep these cars charged can go to Electrium and discover the secrets there. We'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our valued sponsors. They keep the charge in the tanks here, in the batteries, I should say, and we'll be right back. Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carrier's rates went up way up, but my usage was the same and I never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. So what's with that? So I turned to American Collectors Insurance. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? Then it's time to look around and call American Collectors Insurance. I shopped around, I asked friends for recommendations and found a winner that I can trust. And boy, I'm glad I did. I saved hundreds of dollars every year and slept better at night knowing my baby was properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by their history of taking great care of their clients. What could be better than that? So give them a call and ask for a quote today. 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love like I did with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Did you know that Cars Yeah! is in the top 1% of all podcasts based on listenership, according to Libsyn, the premier RSS feed for podcasts in the United States? That's right. Plus, DuPont Registry recommended Cars Yeah! is one of their top 10 car podcasts for you to enjoy. Cars Yeah! has experienced tremendous growth, plus your ads are evergreen, meaning they never go away. And more and more listeners find Cars Yeah! every day for their daily dose of automotive inspiration. Do you want to expose your brand to a highly targeted list of automotive enthusiasts in a very unique and very personal way? Well, I can help you. Contact me, Mark Green, at mark at carsyeah.com or through the website at carsyeah.com today to learn more. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. Their talented and creative team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective. Linkage is about driving, restoring, collecting, and firsthand experience at collector car auctions and more. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. 
They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. So, Peter, we are back. Lectrium, I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about why you're interested in going from the world of finance into the EV world, uh, obviously because it's coming down really fast. And what got you and Ziggy so excited about this? And then we're going to dive into some questions and answers on why those of us who are interested in EVs should pay attention to what you're doing and how you can educate us so we're not so afraid of the things we don't know about EVs. But let's start with why the fascination? Yeah, definitely. You know, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. In high school, I started two businesses with my you know, younger brothers. And, you know, going to Columbia and studying economics, you kind of get pushed in a certain path, which is to go work on Wall Street and specifically investment banking and private equity and, and those kind of industries. And so, you know, I did that. I did my time and worked really hard for multiple years and learned a bunch in that industry. And I'm really grateful for that opportunity. But it just wasn't, you know, my path. And my path was to start my own business and to try to make an impact. And I chose a business which I thought could have a positive impact on the United States and and the world in our transition to clean energy. And, you know, meeting Ziggy in Oslo at the Antler Global Program was a really eye-opening moment for me. Uh, Ziggy has worked in the EV space for seven years and really understands electric vehicle technology. Uh, he had worked, you know, deploying Lithuania's first public charging network. And, and you know, we started brainstorming, which problem should we tackle? In the United States. You hear a lot about public charging problems in the US. You know, there's a bunch of subsidies and government funding and people discussing the lack of public charging infrastructure outside of you know Tesla superchargers. Mm-hmm. But you know, we wanted to take our own route. And we found that you know 84% of EV charging happens at home in you know garages on the sides of houses where people sleep, where they work, and where they eat. And we decided to tackle residential charging at people's homes. Because it was, it's a massive opportunity. And we also saw that almost every home in Norway has a level two charger for their electric vehicle. And, you know, this problem in the U.S. needed to be fulfilled. And that's why we formed Lectrium to make getting a level two charger and getting it installed at your home as simple as possible for the everyday American. And, yeah, that, that, that led us to get our first funding from Antler and to start the business back in 2021. And now we've been uh, helping homeowners across the U.S. get these installed. Well, I think it's a cool deal. I had a guest on the show not too long ago who had done many studies on electric vehicles. And one of the things that she discovered was that a large number of people, let's just talk about the U.S. since we're here today, have never even driven an electric vehicle. Now, they've heard about them. They're coming down on us really fast. Almost sometimes feels like it's being pushed down our throats a little bit. But there's a lot of interest, of course. Would this make sense for me? Could this work for me? So let's start with this question, what are the most important features to consider if I'm thinking about an EV in my future? Definitely. So there's kind of two main ways to go with this question. One is, can the vehicle's, you know, specs meet your demands from a car? Can the car take you where you need to go? And that's really, really comes down to range and, you know, availability of charging. If you're buying an electric vehicle, you need to make sure that it can take you to work every day. It can, you know, pick your kids up from school. It can, you know, meet the demands that you have on a regular basis. And for most Americans, you know, they're driving less than 50 miles a day or less than 100 miles a day. And if they're able to charge their car every night, the range isn't really an issue on a day-to-day basis. With that said, you know, road trips are a different different kind of uh, problem. So if, uh, 
you're taking multiple road trips and need to rely on a vehicle and you're you know feeling uncertain about the time it takes to charge the car or the availability of charging infrastructure in your area, that's a different question, which still needs to be addressed a bit more in the U.S. But for you know day-to-day use, especially if it's the second vehicle in a household, electric vehicles can make a lot of sense on the range on the range uh, question because they have enough range to carry out day-to-day actions. And this, the second factor is really about affordability and cost compared to you know an ICE vehicle. Mm-hmm. And you know with this, there are many factors to consider such as purchase price of the vehicle, availability of rebates, cost of filling up the battery versus cost of filling up a tank of gas, you know, maintenance cost over time. So really, if I was deciding to buy a car, I would, you know, first evaluate whether the vehicle can meet my, you know, needs on a performance basis, such as range. And second of all, whether it meets, meets my budget on a upfront basis and over time as well. Right. And what you guys doing, what you guys are doing with your uh, business, Electrium, one of the, I think it's a misconception it could be is people think, oh, if I buy an electric vehicle, I have to always go take it somewhere to get it charged. I can't do it at home. Or, well, okay, I can just plug it into my normal socket, but that takes a lot longer than a level two. Can you kind of describe the differences between the two and the benefits of one over the other? Absolutely. So with Electrium, we're making homes EV ready by installing level two chargers in garages and on the sides of houses. And what a level two charger gives to a homeowner is a full battery every morning when they wake up. You know, many of our customers charge their car at home with a level two charger every night, and they rarely visit public chargers on a day-to-day basis. You know, a level two charger requires more electricity. Uh, They're oftentimes delivering roughly 10 kilowatts of power each hour to the vehicle's battery. And that's compared to a level one charger, which may deliver only two kilowatts of power. So, you know, a level two charger is charging a vehicle five times faster than a level one charger and gives that homeowner the satisfaction and knowledge that every morning they wake up, they will have, you know, a fully charged battery. Making it very easy for everybody, uh, which is what this is really all about. You guys have, you've launched a new product titled EV only listings platform. What, What is that? Yeah, so when we started Electrium, we were thinking about how to scale up our business and where the level two charger installations was needed most. And the place it's needed most is at the point of sale at dealerships. When people are actually buying their EV, you know, they're asking dealerships, hey, how can I get this charger? How can I charge this car at home? We decided to partner with dealerships to give them that answer. So when a dealership salesperson is, you know, answering the question for their buyer, who's asking, hey, I want to buy this EV from you, but how am I going to charge it? The dealership can say, hey, use Lectrium. They will help you with your charger installation. When we started working with dealerships, we also realized that they had other needs as well. And you know, one of the main parts of the car and automotive industry is actually selling vehicles. So to expand our you know, reach with dealerships, we have started offering electric vehicle listings for our dealership partners where they can share their inventory feeds with us, we will put their EV inventory and plug-in hybrid inventory up on our site and try to generate leads for them and plug those leads back into their CRM so that, you know, kind of the flow with a customer can be that they research EVs. Uh, they can see battery times and charging speeds and range through our site. They can then go to their local dealership and buy the car. And then, you know, when they need the charger installed, uh, they'll come back to Electrium and purchase their level two charger and get it installed uh, th- through our system. So the, the EV listings is kind of an extension of our business. 
mm-hmm. where we're extending the relationship with dealerships so that they can list their inventories with us and just generate more leads and have their you know vehicles be shown in a way that answers an EV driver's questions. Well, I think a big part of this is education, it seems like. And if you, you know, none of us were around back when the first gasoline cars were being built. And you think back to challenges they had then. Number one, there weren't many roads. Number two, where did you go to get gas? Because there wasn't even such a thing as a gas station. But it all worked out in the end. And now it's just kind of a part of life. You also have a a built-in online survey for customers that helps them with uh, everything from in-home inspections, uh, job sourcing software and electronics. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, traditionally, if you, you know, want work done on your house, you need to have someone walk around your property, look at your, you know, electrical panel, look at your garage and kind of give you a quote manually. This survey that we've developed helps collect information on a customer's home and get them pricing before anyone actually comes to their house, or at least an idea of pricing before anyone comes to their house. So this is meant to save time for homeowners, save time for electricians, and you know really make the whole process of getting a charger installed more transparent and more efficient. So you know now, instead of having someone come to your house and walk around your property and give you a price, instead you can upload photos of your garage and your panel and answer a few questions about where they're located and get, get an estimate of you know, exactly what's going to cost you to get that installed. This allows homeowners to understand the cost of level two charging, you know, without having to have multiple people visiting their home. Yeah, it gives them a little more security and safety and knowledge. And, you know, I'll let you listeners know the Lectrium's website, which is very cool, L-E-C-T-R-I-U-M.com. You guys have a, a cool blog page that has a whole lot of wonderful articles uh, I learned a lot going there and reading these things. Uh, you can learn everything from the financial benefits of owning a, an EV, uh, different stories about different kinds of vehicles. I'm a big Porsche fan. You had a story in there about how do I make use of regenerative braking in my Porsche take in? Like, oh, this is kind of interesting. So it seems like your push is all about knowledge, as I mentioned before, right? It, that's exactly right. So we also have an electric vehicle database where we have information on every car's battery size on their range, on their charging speeds with a level one charger versus level two. And really, we want to provide this information to customers as they're shopping and deciding on which car meets their need and also which car fits their budget and their lifestyle as well. The blog posts are really fun. Our team gets into them and kind of finds passion projects to write about. And then we're also constantly developing a, a really large database with information that isn't readily available in one place from from as far as we've seen. Yeah, I love it. I think what you're doing is really cool. It it goes well beyond the initial core of your business as I see it and providing this information to help people understand the EV world and what's going on. I shared it with my next door neighbor who has some interest in buying their first EV. He's got a perfect, you know, the retired, so perfect kind of household for it. Um, So he got really excited and uh, yeah, now he's ready to go out and buy buy a car. So there you go. You've uh, pushed him over the edge, I think. I love to ask people about what I call our driving inspirations, inspirational people, mentors in your life, people have made a big impact. Is there somebody like that in your world? Yeah. So I've already talked about my co-founder Ziggy, but um, meeting him was super transformational in my kind of entrepreneurial journey. We co-founded this business together and he's taught me a lot in many different categories. We work very differently from each other. We have different styles of work. Ziggy takes time to really think through strategies 
and is very thoughtful in his approach to everything he does. I, on the other hand, kind of push, push, push and try to iterate rapidly, do things quickly. So, so together, you know, we formed this really awesome team that has both approaches, you know, not only in business, but we've, we've learned a lot about ourselves and our own personalities and the, the way that we live through each other as well. And also we've both pushed each other to expand our knowledge of electric vehicles and EV charging. Since we met two years ago, it's been a really, really awesome journey uh, where we've both been challenging each other to learn more about VINs, about battery sizes, about charging speeds. And at the same time, we've learned about our work styles and what works for us and what doesn't. And we've also learned about our personalities, our strengths and weaknesses as uh, founders of a business and also as people. So it's been really fun working together with him. We've also built an awesome team, both in the U.S. and in Lithuania, where you know all of us are working really closely together and learning about our own individual work styles, personalities, and interests within the EV space. Really, Ziggy and my whole team have been uh, just really awesome to work with and have taught me a lot about the industry and about myself as well. Your story, Peter, is a wonderful one in this respect. To take a chance, and you did, leaving one industry you'd been a part of to go do something new, travel to a different place in the world, meet different people with different perspectives, and you never know what it might lead to. And look at where you sit today. If you ever think about if you had not made that leap and then went to the Antler Global Accelerator, what you'd be doing today? Uh, I do think about it sometimes, and I don't know the answer. <laughs> well, of course not. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess my goal, is, or my goal here is to inspire people, and, and I want you to perhaps uh, do the same with this question. How would you advise other people who want to go out and make a change and make their own way in the world? I would definitely advocate for you know listeners to follow their passions, and if you have you know a calling, whether it's in a certain industry that you're not a part of now, or it's an entrepreneurial itch to pursue that in whatever way makes sense for you. So, you know, some people start a side project at their current company and work on something on the side for years and years until it, you know, becomes viable to do full time. Others, you know, find accelerators or, you know, paths where they can take a risk in a structured way that also provides some formality. Mm -hmm. So for me, finding the Antler Global program was great because I wanted to start my own business but I didn't have structure around me or, you know, formal way to go about that. And finding that program really opened my, opened my eyes and my door of opportunity where I could join a structured program, get a small stipend to, to cover living expenses, be with other people who, I could, who could potentially be co-founders and, you know, really take that risk in a way that made sense in my head. And, you know, I, I'm all about people doing what they're meant to do. So um, whether that's going out and working in art uh, or, you know, pursuing a sports career, Wh whatever someone's passion is. I always love hearing when people deviate from the regular path, either in a small way or a big way, and try to pursue their passion. Well said. No doubt, taking a risk like this, going out and pursuing a passion comes with challenges. And I'd love for you to share maybe one challenge that you come up against. It could be with your current business, could be with anything really, but the, the better part of the story is more about the learning process through the challenge or the failure. Can you share one with us? Definitely. One challenge that I faced, you know, in college playing basketball was learning how to be patient. I went to play college basketball and, you know, coming from high school, most college basketball players are the best on their high school team, but quickly find out at the next level that 
there are a lot of other talented players and a, a whole kind of system to actually get playing time. And for me, it, it was a challenge. You know, I, I didn't play much uh, my first three seasons in college basketball. And I, I went through ups and downs kind of emotionally during that process. And finally, in my last year, my senior year, I was the captain of our team and, you know, actually got good playing time and was able to have a ton of fun. Looking back, that was really tough to, you know, not be able to play and kind of sit on the sidelines while my team was playing for a couple of years. But it did teach me patience. And that's something that is paying off with my business as well. <laughs> you know, starting a startup or any project, it's always exciting at first. And there's so much possibility. And then it comes down to the actual work, the actual partnerships and the actual, you know, iterations on a product that needs to be made. And you like, I'm quickly realizing to build a real meaningful startup or venture or really anything relationship, it takes so much time and patience and understanding and that experience waiting and, and struggling and trying to get playing time in basketball is kind of translating to my experience with Lectrum in a way where, you know, we have so many great ideas and we're working so hard, you know, we're building, you know, really cool products and sometimes they get really great traction right away. And other times it takes multiple iterations and we release a feature or a, a new part of our business and it doesn't pick up quite as we thought. And that's okay because it just means that we need to be patient and go back to the drawing board and keep working and over time, if, if we're putting in honest efforts and coming up with ideas that have validation, the result will be positive and it'll be what we want. It just may not happen overnight, which I think will kind of separate the people who really, really want to build companies and really want to do something and are passionate about something versus the people who were just interested in it for a time. The cool thing with our company is all of us are very bought in and are in this for the long haul. So even if, you know, we release some cool new feature in our heads and it doesn't take off, we'll keep iterating on it and keep, you know, staying patient and, and keep our heads down and keep working until it, it does work and until it has a real impact with our customers, with our partners, and with uh, helping America make the transition to being EV ready. So really, really just being patient is so hard sometimes, especially for me, but um, I've, I've learned just how important that is. I watched an interview just last night with Tom, about Tom Brady, where he talked ex about the exact same thing that early in his career, he never got to play and he almost gave it up. He's like, God, they won't let me play. Why, why can't I play? Like, I'm, I'm pretty good. And uh, he had to learn patience to wait until it was his time. And during that process, uh, as you said, so well learned a lot of things that helped him when he did become as you know famous and as great, great as he is and what a career he's had. So uh, yeah, patience. Sometimes you got to slow down a little bit before you speed up again, for sure. And especially when you add the dynamics of the current marketplace for electric vehicles, it is changing so fast all the time. Just when you think you've got it figured it out or figured out, it changes again. And then you've got to reanalyze what your focus is patience for sure so let's talk about you and vehicles i'm hoping you're a bit of a car guy so is there one special car that's uh, been special in your world yeah definitely you know my parents have a bmw i3 mm -hmm. that was the car that i learned so much about how to actually charge a vehicle while driving and while, like tinkering with that vehicle in my parents garage so i, I have really fond memories of getting a level two charger installed in my garage, trying to hook it up to various softwares and then plugging it into the, you know, little BMW i3 and, you know, 
seeing how the battery charges and feeling how an electric vehicle handles and how the acceleration feels. So, you know, that's been a really, really fun car to drive mm -hmm. and to experiment on and to, to really just learn how, how a vehicle, you know, charges and how, how it handles and, and, and uh, you know, stuff like that. So if I could uh, buy you any, any electric vehicle today that's available, which one could I buy you? Don't worry about the cost. I'm going to pay for this. Oh, you are? Oh, thank oh, yeah. you so much. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm that kind of guy. <laughs> thank you. I I might go with the Ford F-150 Lightning just because I, I, I want to see how the bi-directional charging works uh, um, a little bit more closely. Also, it's a, it's a classic American car that's so cool that they made it electric. That'd be a really fun one for me to, to, to play around with. Interesting. Okay, cool. And uh, fairly new on the market as well. So I'm a bit of a car psychologist here, Peter. I've got a special degree in this. I crawl into your mind and see what's going on in there. Uh, I'm not sure if I could keep up. You're a very fast-paced kind of guy, but I'm going to do my best here. If you were reincarnated, if you were manifest as a vehicle, now this isn't what you want to be. This is how you perceive yourself as a vehicle. You got to look at the man in the mirror here. What would you be and why? It's a, it's a hard question because... You know, if if I pick a a luxury vehicle, then it's what kind of self image do I have? Versus, <laughs> well, that's you know. why I say, yeah, you can't be too egotistical here. But it's it's really more of your kind of the inner perceptions of you as a as a human being. And this will be curious to me because as deep as you are into the EV world, let let's start here. Are you an EV if you were manifest as a vehicle? Uh, I think I definitely am an EV. Okay, yeah. well that's um, a good start. All right, it, it's hard. I see myself and my business as kind of intermixed in some ways. Mm -hmm. And I'm newer to the automotive industry and think I have potentials, but still need to prove myself in many ways. So, you know, that makes me kind of lean towards some of the newer EV brands out there okay. and EV, yeah. you know, man manufacturers. I love Rivians. So I don't yeah. know if, uh, if uh, the Rivian R1S would be you know, how I see myself, but in some ways, you know, Rivian is newer to the industry, still has to prove themselves, has some good ideas and cool designs. And, uh, that's kind of what I aspire to, to be like in some ways. So sure. I guess that would be my, my choice. No, you went down the right path there. I, I get that hundred percent. That was a good direction to go. And uh, yeah, those are, uh, are pretty cool vehicles as well. Is there a great book that you'd like to share with our listeners? Definitely. There's a book called Venture Deals. By Brad Feld, which uh, isn't exactly the, the most exciting and gripping story, but um, it really taught me a lot about the mechanics of raising venture capital funding. Mm -hmm. And for anyone who's you know thinking about starting their own business or wants to get into the entrepreneurial field or you know wants to raise money to build something really cool, understanding how you know the venture capital industry works from a founder's perspective, that book was very instrumental. Again, it's called Venture Deals by uh, Brad Feld. And the tagline of the book is understand VC fundraising better than your lawyer or better than an actual venture capitalist. So Yeah, be smarter than your lawyer and venture capitalist. So interesting insight. Yeah, Brad Feld was the author. There's also uh, Jason uh, uh, Mendelson, 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 I think it is, uh, who's the co-author of that book as well. Yeah, it's a great book. Yeah, it's uh, definitely worth reading if you want to get into this field or understand how the venture deals work. Uh, because they're ever changing too, right? I mean, there's always something totally. different happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting and in how many people are getting into that as well as suppliers of capital uh, for funding companies as well. Lots of opportunity there. So let's go on the ultimate drive. 
Uh, I'm a bit of an enabler. I'm going to park any car you would like in your driveway. You can take it for a drive anywhere. But here's the key. You can take anybody with you, including somebody who's no longer with us. So if you wanted to go on a drive in that Ford F1 Lightning with uh, Mr. Tesla, the original Mr. Tesla, uh, you're welcome to do that. I can make it happen. So what does the ultimate drive look like for you? Actually, I think going with Nikola Tesla would be awesome just yeah. so he could see like what his... Uh, what was possible from his discoveries. I, I might change it to be a car from his namesake, maybe a Tesla Model S Plaid. Okay. But, you know, it'd be fun to hang out with with, uh, with Nikola Tesla. You know, I think he was a pretty pretty, pretty strange guy in some ways. Yep. There's actually a, a small bar in New York City called Patent Pending, which is where Nikola Tesla did some of his, his experiments. Oh, wow. The bar menu is written in his handwriting, and they, they actually also have a, a stuffed pigeon. Um, <laughs> okay. Because I, I, I think Nikola Tesla weirdly was somewhat enamored with a pigeon in New York City. That's a story probably for, for another time after a drink or two. <laughs> yeah. yeah, anyways, it, it'd be so fun to you know go from zero to 60 with, with someone like that in the uh, passenger seat from yeah. a historical perspective. Can you imagine being able to do that and bring him back and just, I mean, it blow his mind. I think uh, he would just go, what? Uh, holy cow, I was right? <laughs> You know, yeah, uh, things can happen this way. Ah, that would be fun. Very sure. Uh, that's interesting. I didn't know that that uh, that place existed. So I'll have to look into that. Well, you've taken us on a wonderful electric vehicle ride today, Peter. I knew this would be very interesting and I'm so happy that we were able to get together. I want to uh, do a shout out. Thank you to your colleague there, Camila, who was uh, very instrumental in putting us together. So Camila, thank you very much. Before I let you go today, could you share maybe a success quote or some words of inspiration so that those of us out there that are still on the edge about EVs might think a little differently about them? Uh, yeah. So one kind of mantra is just, it takes what it takes. <laughs> it was something one of my college basketball coaches used to tell me. And it's true when you're building anything, whether it's you know your podcast, Cars Yeah, or whether it's a meaningful relationship or a business, you can't cheat the grind. You have to put in enough effort to <laughs> yeah. you know get the, get the result. So it really just takes what it takes. Yeah. And uh, you know when it comes to electric vehicles and EV adoption, I would just say if you're choosing your EV uh, or deciding to make you know your home EV ready, check out leftroom.com, shoot our team a message, book a call with us, and we'll just chat through any questions you have about EV batteries, about range, about charging speeds. Our team lives for that and really loves it. So uh, yeah, just hit us up and we will uh, be happy to answer any questions and also just have a good time and chat as well. Listeners, if you are wondering more about the EV world, uh, maybe you're already in it and you have an EV, but you want to learn more or you're questioning or wondering what is this going to be all about, go to Lectrium, L-E-C-T-R-I-U-M.com. You'll love their website. It's an educational journey through what's going on right now. It's always evolving, always changing. I think you need to check it out. Peter, hey, thanks for being so generous and enlightening us. A little bit of a pun there. Tesla would be laughing. And sharing your experiences with the EV world and what you're doing. This has been a wonderful journey. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road, hopefully, in an electric vehicle. That'd be awesome. Thank you so much. It was, it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure for me, too. 20, 50, or 100 years from now, will there be a workforce to care for the collector vehicles we love? With auto shop programs disappearing across the country, it's a question we enthusiasts have to ask. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these vehicles aren't lost to time. One of the many ways RPM, which is short for Restoration 
preservation and mentorship, is accomplishing this goal is through workforce development initiatives. The RPM Apprenticeship Program enables the next generation of artisans to earn a living while they learn the craft of restoring and preserving these vehicles directly from industry professionals. The Endangered Skills Program documents the process of masters training future craftspeople on a variety of critical skills in danger of being lost forever. For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of the collector vehicle skills trade, visit RPM Foundation today. They're one of the charities of choice here on Cars Yeah! Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!